VJ checking in. Today's conversation is for grown folks, right? <laughs> this conversation is definitely for grown people, right? This is um this conversation is not for the babies, right? We just have to um try to figure something out, right? We're trying to wrap our minds around what's going on in the village right it's something going on in the village and we are trying to wrap our minds around what's going on in the village right so i went over a few studies right and in this conversation we're going to be talking a lot about oral sex right we're going to be talking a lot about Oral sex, right? So this is not for the babies. This is not for the babies. Across the United States of America, public health has been noticing there's a spike in STIs, right? And um, the spike is somewhere, it's like right around 3 million. And with that 3 million number, black women involved in that number, right? So what they did was they got some clinics together and they did a study. The study is coming out of Georgia, right? Atlanta, Megan, Savannah, right? They put a pool of people together I think it was like 1500 total right all out the state of georgia maybe a few from like tennessee maybe a handful from alabama right but for the most part everybody is from georgia right they just kind of like say uh southeast america is what they're saying but for the most part everything is georgia like i said earlier maybe some alabama some south carolina but this is the area that we're dealing with. 1,500 women, right? And out of the 1,500 women they're interviewing, the ages is like 15 to 21. And in order to make the cut, you had to have sex vaginally within the last 60 days, right? So that shrank that 1,500 down to 715, right? So you got 715 black women that were interviewed. And during this interview process, they were talking about sex, right? They had to communicate about sex. Um, during the conversation, right, about sex, did they have techniques to refuse sex, right? Like if their partner wanted to be active, 
did they feel like in the relationship would it be too much pressure to refuse sex or did it go along with sex right this is part of the interview questioning then they asked them about their fear of negotiating condoms was it a fear that this individual right this man might leave you this young guy because you want to use rubbers or how, how was that working out in you guys favor because we're looking at a spike everything is based on a spike and STIs, right? Sexually transmitted infections. So they asked them also about the relationship power, right? You're young ladies. Again, you're 15 to 21. You already having sex. Part of this interviewing process is that you had to have sex within the last 60 days, right? That qualifies you to be a part of this interview. So what is your take on relationship power? Right? What is your stance on it? Who decides who goes where? If you go out on a date, who decides who eats what? Do you have a partner that he can tell you he, he don't like what you're wearing and you would change it? Or do you have in this relationship the power to tell him, I don't like what you have on and he'll take it off? Like, who holds the power in what you call a relationship? Then they asked a group of women, have they ever performed oral sex? Then last but not least, they were trying to figure out the norms surrounding risky sexual behavior. Right? Like, uh, is it okay to have sex when you first meet a guy? Is it okay to have sex if you had something to drink? Or you had something to smoke. Now they're talking to young ladies now, right? But they're asking these adult questions because obviously they're already moving in that vein, right? This is 15 to 21. They already having sex. So they asking them these questions. Now before I go ahead about what the findings is in the interview, I just want to say this, you know. When it comes to the village, right? When it comes to black Americans, we don't meet up anywhere to talk about what our youth have going on, right? Looking at this study, it kind of dawned on me. Like I was thinking to myself, like, where do young black teens go along with their parents when we talk about issues that we're facing, things that our children are going through? Like, what do we meet up at to talk about it? Because it looks like we do a lot of going to the plantation in the morning or work, like whatever you want to call it, right? And giving eight hours, giving 10 hours, giving 12 hours, right? And then if we're not at work, many of us is um, trying to better ourselves. We at school somewhere, right? Some college course, some CDL course, some journeyman course, right? We can be a better electrician or elevator operator or HVAC technician or plumber etc and if we're not doing that we're asleep because that's eight hours and then on our free time we gather together at the church house right that's the only time black Americans gather together in large numbers but even then we don't talk about the issues of our neighborhoods when we go to these church houses. It just doesn't happen. 
we not interviewing our children at the church house. That'll be powerful if we was able to do that. But you know, we can't put everything on Reverend Porkchop. He's pretty busy, right? He has to be a marriage counselor. He has to be a financial guru. Then, you know, as of late, we see a lot of um, pastors getting into this like single relationship conferences. And so he's busy already, right? We, we're we working Reverend Porkchop till we can't work the man no more, right? So it would be nice though, if the churches in our community would interview us, interview the babies to see where they're at socially. And then they could come together and fix some of the things that our children may be facing. But, you know, some things are too much like right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So let's continue. Going back to this interviewing process, right? The average age out of these 700 women, right? The average age was 17, right? 65% was still in high school. Now, the overall interviewing process, remember, it's 15 to 21, but the bulk averaged 17, right? The bulk of these participants were 17 years old in high school. So I'm going to read you some of these findings, some of these results, right, from the interview process. 206 of these ladies said they tested positive for STI in their life. It was curable, but they still tested positive, right? 57% out to 700, right, said that they had oral sex with a male partner. That's over half. Out of that group that said they had oral sex with a partner, 31% said they had no pleasure in it. Didn't do anything for them. They just did it for the partner. 27% said maybe it was a little pleasure in it. She may have got a kick out of it. 10% said it was a lot of pleasure in giving oral sex to their partner. They loved it. They enjoyed it, right? Now, here's the question that I have after I read the findings, right? Number one, what are these clinics and these interviewers is going to do with this information? Black American ladies, 15 to 21, talking about oral sex. What does this information go? What's going to become of this information? You're asking these questions like, What's going to become of this information? Because I sincerely doubt it's going to be put in some file cabinet somewhere. And it's never going to. No. These folks ask questions. They got a purpose. So that, that's number one. I thought about that. Number two. The average age of these ladies. That's sexually active. Is 17. Right. And then 57% of them. I have an oral sex not only sex but oral sex right and I thought to myself if they're 17 how old are their partners because I just don't see a bunch of high school guys that advanced I know we got a lot of stuff on television I know there's a lot of stuff through the media right I know they are 
you know, these kids have access to certain information and to see certain things. I'm all with that because, see, I'm a firm believer that media shapes the village, right? A lot of our behavior, we're picking up from media. But these high school guys is not that cool like that. You may have a handful of seniors and juniors in high school that's cool enough to pull this off. And I mean a handful. The rest of those kids is dorks. So I'm thinking like, I'm pretty sure there's some statutory rape going on here. I'm pretty sure the guys that these ladies are involved with, they are not in high school with them. These are grown men introducing the babies into this activity, right? But here's the most interesting thing about the interview, right? That I, I kind of found a little, um, I don't want to say shocking, but when I stumbled across it, I was like, I can see it, right? I wasn't stunned. I was like, yeah, I can see it. And here's the part, and I'm going to read the piece from this study. It says, overall, a significant majority of adolescents reported that their best friend's oral sex behavior was similar to their own oral sex behavior. For example, of the 86 adolescents who reported engagement in oral sex, 56% reported that their best friend had also engaged in oral sex in the past year. But watch this. Of the 126 teens who did not engage in oral sex, 82% reported that their best friend also did not engage in oral sex. So what is this saying through this study? You are who you hang around. That's something that we can take back to the village as adults. We're parents. Your children are who they hang around. Because... During this study, the clinic figured out when you got this young lady doing oral sex, when they asked about the activity of the best friend, which I thought is a good question, right? That, that's a pretty good question. When they asked about their best friend's activity, it was the same as theirs. They was engaging in sex when the last 60 days. They was also performing oral sex. So birds of a feather, right? Because this is what Big Mama taught us. Birds of a feather flocking together. They all flock together. But also the study also found out that the young ladies that was involved in vaginal sex who was not a part of oral sex, they said, no, I'm not involved with that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Their best friends also was on the same wavelength as them. Again, birds of a feather flock together. Also, I want to point this out as well. The females that was also interviewed that was engaged in the sex because that was part of the interview. Everybody had to have sex within the last 60 days. Their number one response was that they felt ladies was having sex because of their partners and they had the fondness and they liked the person. But they also pointed out that oral sex that was only done by women that had low self-esteem. I thought that was interesting. These are the ladies that don't get involved in it. 
low self-esteem, right? So here's my question to the family. Better yet, not only is this my question to the family, here's a question that I really want to ask black American women, right? If this study is a microcosm, right? If this study is a snapshot of what's taking place in society all over, black women, what you giving head for? Enlighten us now. What you giving head for? In just this one study, right? You got women from 15 to 21. Everybody's already having sex. Half of the women already giving head. The average age again is 17. And then on the books, you're not getting married to almost what? What is that? 14 years later? <laughs> What's all the sex and head for now? And we saying 14 years, right? We have to identify the 14 years because in the United States of America, black American women, right, on average get married at 31 years old. 31 years old. That's later than any other ethnicity in the country. So we got our sisters having sex right around 15 and they're not getting married to their 31. Right? We're talking about numbers now. I'm just like, I'm trying to make it make sense. And we're having a grown folks conversation, right? This ain't no head shaming. This ain't freak shaming. We're not kinky shaming, right? <laughs> we ain't doing none of that. We're just talking. we having a grown folk conversation. We sit in the living room. We sit in the barbershop. We sit in the hair salon. From 15 to 31, we got a lot of sisters topping off, giving head, being affected by this because it's all going back to STIs and we doing all of this, right? We freaking. It's not leading to marriage. Make it make sense to me, black American woman. We got to make this make sense on this podcast. When we talk about single parent epidemic, I put that on the brothers because we got the seed on that now. We got the seed and that's what it is. And again, we ain't shaming now. I'm just saying we're doing this sexual activity because of what? That's a valid question. You didn't get this from the elders. You know, the elders in our village is not teaching women to put male principle in their mouth. Mm-mm, they're not teaching that. Elders is not telling us that. The elders are not teaching you to take semen and let somebody put it all on your face and splatter it all on your backside and on your breast. The elders not teaching us that now. So I'm like, sisters, what what are we doing? Where are we getting this from? Why are sisters allowing men to use them as instruments of pleasure? And they're not even their husbands. They're not even like like how is this happening? So much so that the so-called white folks in the clinic had to put together a study to see how can they curve the STI rate that was coming through 
Southeast America, aka Georgia, aka Alabama, aka Tennessee, South Carolina, because the numbers are spiking up. And they're noticing that black American women are being affected by a rise of STIs through oral sex. Oral sex. Now, we ain't kinky shaming now. Don't seem like it's worth it to me. All this love and pleasure that you're giving to your man, our people, black American men, you're giving this loving to us, you're risking your body because there's so many STDs that's associated with oral sex. That's why the study was done in the first place, right? Because that was the bridge. That was the association. It was the oral sex because when they interviewed everybody that was having sex within the last 60 days, see, part of this interviewing process, you couldn't be married, right? But that's easy in our community because when you're interviewing women from 15 to 21, it's almost unheard of for a black American woman to be married between the ages of 15 to 21. She may have a baby. She may have two kids. She might even have three. But to have a husband at the age, see, that's not what we do in our village. This is why I encourage black American women to start dating outside of the race. Date outside the village and get you one of them Asian brothers, man. Get you an Asian guy. He's the smartest guy in the country. He's the highest earner. I, I touched on that before. Maybe that's a different story for a different day, right? When I start telling sisters, man, go get your Asian brother. You know, they start looking at me. Brother, you ain't conscious. <laughs> and that's what the brothers say about me, right? They say I'm not conscious because I'm teaching our sisters to go with Asian men. But that's the men that's providing heaven on earth for their woman. We're not doing that. Our neighborhoods is dangerous. They're full of drugs. We can't protect our women. We don't want to marry our women. It's imperative that we be honest with ourselves and our women and tell them, hey, it's just y'all can just move on, man, because we ain't ready for what y'all asking for. So the brothers say, I ain't conscious for that. But the sisters, sisters is listening. Because black women, that's just their thing. They're always going to be receptive to the truth. But dig this, conscious just means that you're aware. That's all conscience mean. That's we say woke. I can see we're looking at numbers, right? Numbers. See, let's check this out. Numbers tell the story where there is no story. Did you catch that? Numbers will tell that story for you. Anybody that's listened to this podcast, Real Black Consciousness Forum, right? We can jump in the vehicle right now, go to the nearest baseball game. In your city and sit right down on the bleachers and look up if that scoreboard says eight to six them numbers they tell everything we ain't got to figure out who did what who made a mistake when we see the scoreboard we say okay this is what's been going on if we leave the baseball game jump on a plane go to Los Angeles go to the Lakers game and we see that the Lakers is playing some team and the score is like 80 to 60 Lakers is up. That Those numbers tell everything we need to know. Don't need to know who's doing what, who's making a mistake, 
I can fill in the blanks when I see that score is 80 to 60. <laughs> see, numbers tell the tale. Now, let's go back to our people, right? Let's go to the village. When we see 78%, pardon me, it's not 78%, 72% of our community is filled with single-parent households. That tell me everything I need to know. You freaking, but you ain't getting married. So as a man, it's our job to provide, protect, and instruct, right? And if we're not in a union to do our calling, then what are we doing? That means we can't provide for you. We're not in the household. We can't protect you, right? And we can't provide instructions. Instructions is not barking. And sometimes when you use the word instruction, that term can trip people up. Do you know what instruction is? Right? When we say provide, protect, and instruct. Instruction is a lifestyle. I'm there to provide an example. That's the instruction. The lifestyle. I provide the example for the household. I provide the light. They see what should be done because they looking at me. And by looking at me, they get their instruction. That's how that works. But if we're not there, where's the instruction? What does a man look like? What does a father look like? What does love look like? Don't know. We're not there. Those numbers say all we need to know. So if that's the numbers of single parent households, now we got some more numbers of what's going on with the young ladies in the village. And a lot of us as parents, we don't know this. See, we don't have these deep conversations with our children. Right? We're not, we're not having it. But the clinic got the information. See, they got information from our babies that we wasn't able to get. So I'm talking to my sisters and I'm saying, listen, just get ahead up all, just give it up automatically. No head for nobody. Don't put your mouth on nothing. Right? It's solution time. No oral sex. It's not happening. I don't even want to get on asking our sisters and brothers. We trying to figure it out. We all in the same village. Where did this concept come from the very beginning? Didn't come from us. That's not our thing. So since it's not our thing and we're doing something that's outside of us and it's not yielding results, because some things you can learn from different cultures, but if we picking up things from the beast about how to put male principles in a lady's mouth, right? We picking that up and how to put female principles in a man's mouth and it's not leading to a union. Why are we doing it? What is the results of doing it? It's not even worth doing it. And now the children have seen mama do so much sexually to try to keep a man that the babies is learning early now. 17 is high school. 17 is high school age. And they already having sex and they already having oral sex in high school? 
Let's end on that note. Let's end on that note. Because the numbers is saying it all. What are we going to do to get things right is the real question. Peace and black power to your family. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for hanging out, man. Real Black Content is one podcast, man. Big VJ. I get it with you guys later. Peace.